Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. In this week's show, we're going to recap who's number one, headed on by Lovato and Gilbert Burns. Or, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Dorino. Um, and we are also going to recap uh, Subversive 5 and the fight to win, ma- some of the fight to win matches that took place as part of that. As, with the, as always on the show, I'm your host, Mange, with my co host, Emil. How you doing, Emil? Doing great, man. Jesus, there was a lot of awesome jujitsu. A lot of awesome jujitsu. We're going to recap some. We're going to recap the entire Who's Number One card, and then we're going to kind of selectively go through some of the matches in Subversive. Uh, spoiler: um, When you bring Conan Duarte, Gavile Geddes, and Hulk as your weak link, your team is probably going to win that. Yeah, that's a that's a fucking no brainer. We didn't have the teams uh, leading up into the preview, but like when we saw like who was actually stepping on the mat, yeah, Duarte is on Team Atos. So I was like, well. Atos is probably going to win that. Yeah, and then Getty, yeah, Gettys as your as your as your female who's not top what, arguably top one to three. Yeah, any given day. Yeah, like and Hulk and, and Hulk is your weak link and kind of in big ass quote marks there. Like, big quote marks. Yeah, yeah, your your team's pretty stacked. So, uh, oh yeah, so let's go, go up for news. Um, last week I forgot to mention that Craig Jones is on Team Volkanovski for Tough, the Ultimate Fighter. Hell yeah, and so. Um, Potentially also would explain why he's not out of jitsu. He also had some reactions to uh, the vaccine, the vaccine yeah. and stuff. But he's out for a while now, probably for tough. Uh, it was funny. They had a video backstage of him at this latest UFC that was at the UFC Apex. And he was showing Jason Herzog, who's a UFC referee, um, like something on the ground outside of the cage, like in jiu-jitsu-wise. And Herzog like, thanked him and then walked away. And it was just really funny. Like, oh, shit, that's Craig Jones showing Jason Herzog some jiu-jitsu thing. And it was cool to see Craig Jones like at the apex backstage during the ufc fights um let's see uh, other big news gordon ryan was on joe rogan experience this week um i'm about 35 minutes into it uh but simon from the grappling run basically has what listened to the whole thing and says yeah it's good and all the comments i've read about it have been like yeah they talk about jiu-jitsu the whole time and it's like insightful and good um gordon talks up john donaher and says he's amazing which everyone kind of knows at this point and uh thinks that jiu-jitsu will be a more mainstream not more mainstream but like we'll have a explosion of like viewership as like a professional sport in the next like five years so i mean i kind of talk about this at length during the pre-show um we both agree that it's possible it just depends on whether or not there are promotions that can deliver on that and make it more palatable to people who don't do grappling as yeah, a sport. who aren't actually into the sport so it was inter- interesting take i again i have not got a chance to listen to all of it but the 35 minutes i've listened to it of so far are super interesting so um i'm always happy to kind of listen to those guys talk about jujitsu. So, uh, what else we got? We got Nogi Pans uh, in two weeks. It'll be the first major. I'm looking at me when I say this with uh, heel hooks for IBJJF. It's not a major, man. So uh, that'll be exciting. There's a lot of good registrations for that. I pulled it up today. Um, we're not really going to preview that a ton this week, but next week we will most likely preview uh, that. Um, Fight to Win has canceled a couple of their upcoming events due to the death of uh, Mike, um, who was there. Uh, Graphic designer. graphic designer for yeah. all of their posters since ever for any MMA event, for any boxing event, for any jiu-jitsu event that they had ever run for ADCC. Um, he was the graphic designer for that promotion and anything, basically anything that Seth Daniels ran, he was the guy that designed all the posters, the logos and everything for it. Um, and so he kind of suddenly passed due to a heart attack and uh, Seth has basically come out with a statement going, yep, you know, he's going to be extremely missed and very, very difficult to replace in our promotion. Um, so we're going to cancel a couple of events, you know, to figure out everything, you know, on the business side, what, you know, what we have to do. Um, so they look like they've canceled the next 
two weeks of events, which is why we're not going to preview a fight to win this weekend. Um, you know, very, very sad moment. Uh, shout out to all the fight to win guys. You know, it's, it's sad to, that that happens. Um, and best of luck for them in, uh, what they have to do to, you know, to deal with that. Um, where's Josh when you need him for stuff like this? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's see what else. Um, we have a couple of upcoming events. We have Finishers Absolute happening on May 8th. We have Sub on the Shore happening on May 8th. We're not really going to preview those this week, but they are upcoming. We may talk about Finishers next week. Um, some of the guys that net recognize are on that card. Maybe uh, some fun. Maybe talk about the finals about that next week. Uh, May 28th, we have Gordon Ryan versus Luis Panza has been announced. For who's number one. Who's yeah. number one. Yep. I mean... Uh, it's a rough match. It's a rough match. Panther. Yeah, um, I, I'm not anticipating surprises <laughs> in the results there, but I will say, if they fill the rest of the card like the one that we just saw, I will be very stoked to watch that. Yeah, this card was great, top to bottom. A couple of matches were a little slower, but the majority of the eight matches on the card were just like I think two of them are arguments for rewind recommend matches. Yep, which is crazy in an eight fight card you have two matches that are potentially going to be on a top 10 list for the year for yeah. me at least um happening on may 28th is the spider colored belt invitational cool um i always love watching that so that'll happen as well um other than that um yeah, that's all i got for news you want to move into uh the who's, recap number for who's number one yeah let's do it let's do it so as main said i want to start off by saying uh i have a rewind recommends match we'll get to it uh in in the order um, and, but definitely an awesome card all around. Lots of really, really great fights. Headlined by Dorino Gilbert Burns uh, defeating Rafael Lovato Jr. via decision. Um, this match, and by the way, I'm also going to start off by saying I was wrong about a lot of these matches, man. Um, but, you know, hey, it's, it's cool. I like being surprised. I was delighted by the surprises that we got here. So being wrong. Cause like we, sometimes being wrong is great. Sometimes I love, it's, I love it's surprising. And it's hilarious. Like, you're like, this is how this match is going to go. And then you watch it and you're like, that's not or, how it went. Or that way. Or yeah. like, oh, this guy shows that he has all of these new skills and tools that <laughs> he didn't have six months ago. That's like, exactly. Oh, shit. That's exactly it. Is yeah, both we saw t- some new stuff from people, which is always Both were Tolo brothers. So where do you want to start with this? There's well, a start, lot of great matches. St- start at the top. Um, we'll start with uh, Dorino uh, defeating Rafael Lovato Jr. Um, a lot of tentative knee cut passing for a little while from Dorino. A lot of clock watching. A lot, lot of clock watching. Um, and, um, you know, I, this was the first match that I watched because I watched after they happened. And I was a little worried. I was like, oh, man, like, you know, how, it was how's the rest of the card going to go? But even this match surprised me towards the end. Um, and even the, in the beginning, um, or I, I would say about halfway through, Rafael goes to reverse De La Hiva and gets an awesome Omoplata attempt on... Um, on Dorino, uh, really, really slick. It was um, Nogi though, so I went. Eh, it's Ty Lovato's crafty, but is he Nogi Omoplata crafty? <laughs> and then Dorino was just like, eh. nah. And he like, yeah. Dorino was like, out. these aren't real in Nogi, and then pulls his arm out. Yeah, um, but it was a it was a very cool setup, um, and um, and then towards the end of the match, what I think sealed the match for Dorino, Dorino hits awesome pass so what he does is he starts pressure passing to the goofy side mm-hmm. and um to the goose over skateboarding yeah i mean why well, i'm just gonna say that because like it's it's he's passing to the side that traditionally people don't pass towards um or i would i would say less skilled people will only pass to you know their dominant side yeah, yeah. um and so Dorino gets uh rafael to commit to 
um, kind of like uh, angling and, you know, resting on one hip to get his guard in place. Mm -hmm. And then he just jumps over his slick jump straight into a pass we're and seeing more of that we saw that a couple times on the card like both with holo brothers like that jumping style of passing in nogi has really come to prominence where it's not just it's not just people something people kind of bullshit with anymore it's actually an effective way to kind of pass the guard it makes sense i mean like because without gi grips it's all it's hard to crush people yeah uh, in nogi and, and do, like, a crushing guard And a pass. lot of, like, the threats of the, of the leg locks don't go away with the crushing pass unless you're really able to, like, flatten them and crush them. It's, it's just, it's hard to get that level of pressure on someone without some sort of other way to grip them to pull their shoulders down. So Dorino jumps into the into the pass, and Lovato Gramby rolls. And Dorino just beats him to the punch in the coolest way, which is he doesn't leap over the back to take the back. He does kind of like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but he basically like swings around on the mat. Like, yeah. So Dorino is more or less on the mat and he's like, you can think of him swinging his body like, like an arm on a clock, you know, going around. Yeah. And he has some body control and he swings behind him essentially. Yeah. He, he swings kind of behind him. He swings behind Lovato when Lovato, Lovato is rolling instead of trying to like track the back. Exactly. He ends up where Lovato is going to end up in the roll as opposed to trying to like roll with him in that situation. And so it's, it was neat. It was, and it was great. Gets the back off of it. And that kind of seal. I mean that he's on there for like, you know, about a minute or so. Yeah. Not a huge amount of time, but long enough to like, have it definitely be the biggest moment of the match, you know, aside from the Omoplata attempt, but I really would say that as more of a setup than actually like a submission attempt. I agree. But the, being on the back and Dorino sitting there for, you know, a minute and a half plus, I think really seals the match. It's the biggest positional change, put Lovato in danger. Lovato was, you know, on the defensive. And, um, yeah. Yeah. What, I mean, one of the slower matches of the night, but still really interesting to see both guys come back again. I talked about this in the lead up to the match. I was very happy with the matchmaking here, where it's like, both guys, Lovato has come back into, into jiu-jitsu in a much bigger way. Dorino has not come back into jiu-jitsu as much. And so it is a match I was happy to see because you're not throwing both those against, like, the best guys in the world in jiu-jitsu currently because it's, you know, Lovato has, has, isn't kind of ramped up to facing guys like Hulk yet. And so giving them a better on-ramp back into, like, competition was good. It's also fun to see Dorino at 185. Yeah. Dude is looking thick. Yep. I was, uh, I was very surprised about, like, how big do we know? I think it was 205. Was it two? I was a light heavyweight? I think it was 205, okay. yeah. Dorino is 170 now, so it makes sense that he's walking around much heavier. Um, I was surprised. I think this is by far the biggest I've ever seen Dorino, or at least definitely the biggest we've ever covered him. I think the last match was uh, the Tommy Langer match at Polaris. That probably wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been any higher than 85. So yeah, it was cool to see Dorino like be able to competitive with Lovato at 205 and um, you know get that pass done. And then after the match, actually, uh, Gordon Ryan was on the mat and he was showing Dorino something. Somebody caught a really quick clip of it of like Gordon Ryan just like working with Dorino on something. It looks sort of like a leg weave variation, like a pass variation. Um, I just caught a quick clip of it. I thought it was really cool. I was like, oh look at that! Like Gordon Ryan is showing Dorino something. Like that's a cool meeting of the minds and like a generational gap there in fighters so yeah that was that was super neat so yeah where i was dead wrong was um you know i i thought that lovato's guard would kind of um shut down 
uh, Dorino, but Dorino, I think at the end, just had that amazing explosive. I thought tactic. the same thing was going to happen. Yeah. I thought that Lovato would be. I thought Lovato would be a little more active from the guard. I was kind of surprised at the pace that Lovato kind of put into the guard, and then Dorino did a really good job of keeping his dig, not never letting Lovato start to like open up and get onto the offensive in a really demonstrable way, mm-hmm. uh, shutting that down, and then when you know when he was ready to go, leaping into his explosive stuff, and that's. It was just interesting to see him come back from MMA and that sort of be the route that he decided to take in those matches because we've seen Dorino before really put, like, heavy pressure from the beginning and, like, attack up throughout matches. So it was cool to see him kind of take a, take a low-back approach. Even his fight with Usman, like, he took a really quick and approach at the beginning of the match. In this match, he had a slower approach and lead-up that eventually led him in the final minutes of the match getting, you know, the point scored, essentially, and winning. So let's talk about Ty Rotolo defeating William Tackett via decision. Props to Tackett, first of all, taking the match on, I think, seven or five days. They can't... They, I thought the broadcast said he both. Said four. Might I have saw been four days. A couple of days notice, because yeah. Craig Jones pulled out due to the medical issue and being on top. Um, and he's like... Tackett's like, yeah, I'll face, I'll face Rotolo. Like, you're like, oh, that's gangster as shit. Good for you. Both guys are ranked. I think is Rotolo ranked at 85 now? He should be after this win. I... Dude was looking swole as shit. Uh... This He's put is, on a bunch of arm mass, which kind of scared me. Yeah. I mean, this is... So, w- I previewed this with uh, Craig Jones, and I I was like, you know, I don't know about um, Ty Rotolo being able to squash down someone like Craig Jones. Mm-hmm. I would have said the exact same thing about Tackett. And they said it on the broadcast, and Ty Rotolo has talked about, yeah, they actually share a lot of parallels in their game and how they play Tackett and Jones. They do, but, like, towards the end, I think what where I was dead wrong was or would have been if if I previewed for Tackett was I I did not anticipate that Rotolo would be able to compress him um, in the guard towards the end there. One thing that surprised me the most, like it wasn't even like a technical thing. It was that Ty can go for the, this is surprised me every time I see it. It surprises me. Ty can go from the for the Darces when he is still in your guard. These motherfucking brothers are terrifying with the Darce. They're lanky. They're they, so they lanky. Darce from fucking. Everywhere, they dart from dude. positions that you can't dart from, but they but they throw it and they get their arms deep enough where you kind of go. It's dangerous I, each time. But that's what I'm saying. It's, it's such dangerous a, it's each such, time. It's much like this is one of those attribute things, like we talk about with Gutenberg Padata. Like he can just do some stuff being so long that other guys kind of can't do in those positions. Like the Tackett brothers can darse you and set up darses from with positions. Rotolo or Dars or Tackett brothers. Sorry, the Rotolo brothers, not Tackett, but two brothers, sets of brothers here. The Rotolo brothers can set up. Darces from positions that other people just can't darce. I think they're also honestly just like attuned to it better, and we'll we'll yeah. talk about it more in Cade's match. But Tackett started really sh- th- this match off really strong. Gets an awesome heel hook. Um, you know they start rolling basically. Tackett has to. Uh, or sorry, Rotolo has to defend seriously. Oh yeah, and towards uh, the edge of the mat. But Ty looks calm the whole time he looks like yeah. in his element like you saw him a bunch of times in this match in the beginning match at the beginning he was he had put tackett had a very deep heel hook at the beginning tackett came out really heavy and strong we looked composed the entire time and he wasn't doing something that i thought was interesting he wasn't immediately trying to get out of the leg architecture. you know he was why like, because he why? he was turning them all into fucking back takes, and towards the end, like I think at the nine minute mark of the match, 
like he has the timing of Tackett's heel hook entry figured I mean, out. Even the first one, he turned into a near back take. Yeah, almost like a truck entry, like very very similar to what we saw. Um, Felipe Pena hit on Gordon Ryan at Studio Five Forty off of the heel hook attempt that Ryan hit. The exact same entry, sort of t- going around the side towards the back, and then looking for the back take off of the leg entry. And he does it, I think, three or four times in this match. Yeah. Um, and it was just really interesting to see him consistently sort of learn the timing of what Tackett was looking for, and then. Tackett was last getting less and less and less into the leg yep. before Rotolo could counter it throughout the match. And to watch that sort of that series develop for Rotolo throughout the match was really, really interesting as sort of a counter offense to the heel hook. But in the first section, in that first heel hook that was the deepest for Tackett, to see Rotolo like take his time there, defending it, but also like taking his time in the position. And setting up a, a nasty counter. Like, yeah. Um, so, and again, another moment, Tackett looked really great. He had an awesome body lock takedown. Um, and Tackett's wrestling continues to impress me. Yeah. Like, he's just, he, they are, he's aggressive. We're seeing more of the wrestling up across the sport, honestly, in Nogi. Like, that is sort of, folks are figuring out how to wrestle up from the butterfly guard position and from their back, back into, like, effective. Take. We see, even see Nicky Rod do it. Like, effective wrestling up is because, Coming a, a thing that you need in Nogi and you know Tackett had it in spades here. Yep, and it's great. Also, exchange Ty had like a wizard and they battled it out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Went nearly went off the mat, reset, um, and Ty was able to regard because of course, um, yeah. and um, you know they they reverse and Ty starts hitting these awesome like stepping pass attempts. And finally, he's using less leg pin passing than we've seen him before. And that, that's what that was interesting here is that he's changed his style of passing in the last year from that like leg step and leg pin passing to this like leg weave and sort of hip switch jump around passing. So he, he because of course there and actually all of the autos guys, including Hulk, are really good at switching the attacks so, on these it's funny enough you say that for hulk um somebody this week i think it was rachel we were talking about some position she was trying to get to and i was like oh yeah look at hulk and watch how hulk hip switches around that position he was literally the, the case of who i brought up about that that far side hip switch to get to someone's back from the top they're all the you know the the top autos guys are all really versatile with their passing mm-hmm. and so ty s- starts doing the step like the the um stepping on pass yeah, or like whatever passing and uh, and then yeah, he does basically a leaping knee cut pass, and he actually gets around Tackett's guard. Um, he it was even surprised the comment. The second time he did it, even surprised the commentary staff. No, it surprised all of us. I mean, he basically did a great job at alternating his passing attempts until um, Tackett was kind of squared up, mm-hmm. um, and then he launched the knee cut pass, and and Tackett wasn't able to track it. Um, and it's really what it was. Like, Tackett was tracking him really, really well. He changed the distance, changed the angle, jumped around, and Tackett was not in a position to be able to track back and follow Rotolo as he jumped over. Yep. Um, and then so, you know, uh, he, st- he uh, Ty steps right into mount, starts attacking Ezekiel, starts to raise... Wagner Hosha, baby, on the face yep. over and over. And then even, again, the commentary. Like, shout out to those guys. Those, that commentary team has gotten really, really good. Truly. Of, like, keeping the action going, keeping it interesting, as well as, like, throwing in stories. And they're like, oh, yeah, Wagner Hosha feels a tingle in his spine right now <laughs> as, oh, someone, yeah. as someone tries to smother choke someone. Yep. And, uh, but it was funny that Ty had just faced Wagner... 
like recently and like he's in, he's like oh yeah Wagner did that to me I'm gonna incorporate this into you know into my game because there's some there's obviously something there that he found effective as a third tool to use on top to try to open the armor. I mean honestly I think it's like it's this like crazy grit thing where he's he's gonna make it uncomfortable for you and and so mm-hmm. um uh he even goes to frog mount ty goes to frog mount at one point a couple of times um, well, monkey i call it monkey mount monkey sometimes mount. like uh, so it's basically yeah like the you have your th- you have your feet on the inside of the thighs yep ins- not grapevine over exactly. you're like you're in vegan mount is what i've heard it called that where it's like not really mount but you're on top and you're in a position to switch off your legs really easily and not pass the top of your foot over their guard because your knees are high enough up it's it's very powerful position. Um, it's what I it's what I use for mount as a little guy, like because I, I me getting trapped in the half guard is such a difficult problem. We have a lot of guys that are doing that play half guard. I keep that really high mount, so this is again the style of mount that I prefer. And Ty does exactly what you know people that play this kind of mount do: constantly stepping off to either side and like uh, not hip switching, but like going to neon belly on either side and riding the top of the position with the double under. I think this was a really like this was a turning point for the match because Ty is on there for a while and he's really digging underneath the elbows and elevating them mm-hmm. and that's exhausting because you have to as, as the guy on bottom Tackett has to pull his arms in the entire time because you can't let your arm get isolated at the top because Rotolo is going to arm triangle you or even for like a really quick snapping Kimura at one point he looked for the wrist lock here and there but you actively have to keep your elbows in and, it's and so you have someone weak. on top that, of you like biomechanically that's such yeah, a your weak adductor, motion your, whatever this is a lat yeah, lat. yeah your lats are not that like good versus someone like that's pressuring forward like it's not mechanically a good muscle to like, once it's lifted up past like the center point where your elbows out straight at 90 degree angle it's really hard to wing that back in it's like you said it's exhausting and he was in that mount for a while three minutes uh something something like that yeah, i think it was less than that but but still it, it was significant and then you know able to to get out and ty was able to squash him this is where, like that that compression that I was like talking the about. Set in. Like it looked like Ty had pushed the pace on Tackett enough that Tackett was a little less quick to react not to just the stuff. Ta- like not just fatigue, but like I mean, this is imposing strength as well. Yeah, and you know, it's this is where you know what he was able to do a little bit to Tackett, what Ty was able to do to Nikki Ryan. Right, like, mm-hmm. just like he, it's like squishing that in, squishing the guard in a little bit, like compressing, making it really difficult to, um, to attack and and regard. To open up and get anything, kind of get the initiative back into the match. And he passes a second time, and quickly then, too. Yeah, quickly, and and then, you know, they're able to reset. Tackett goes for a leg lock, and Ty is able to, yeah, like pretty much take the back at that point and f- goes to mount and at this point Tackett is like beforehand I was like oh maybe maybe he's a little tired now by this point in the match I was like he's yeah. tired he's he looks physically tired um and you know Ty is isolating arms doing attacks the whole time and looking totally fresh yeah. like you know, not- able to keep that pace that he was keeping throughout the match, and this is a, this is a long match, it's a fifteen minute match. 
through all three periods of the match with no break and they continue to impose top pressure. It ends in like a like a leg lock kind of shooting out position where no nobody really has anything. But it was great. It was pretty. It was pretty clear for. Yeah, it was pretty dominant. It was. It was a very dominant win for Tyra Tolo at one eighty five. Yeah. Um, which is. I would not be mad for a rematch with like you know some some more time in advance. Yeah, yeah. Give 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 time to prepare for that sort of pace that you know Rotolo is going to push. Right. Um. But and and props to Tackett for taking the the match on short notice. It was still very entertaining, um, and I learned a lot from it. Mm -hmm. Um. But this we see new folds of Rotolo's game, which is cool. Like that was that is always exciting to me when you have a young guy. What he's what is Rotolo eighteen now? Seventeen? I don't know, dude. Young and continuing to improve. Like again, two years ago, guys having trouble with the heel hook at like I know quotes here, like a basic heel hook. Like now, Tackett has is known for heel hook. Manuel Hibbmore. He I mean toe holded um, Felipe Andrew. Like Tackett is good. At a high level with the leg locks, and then Rotolo was able to counter those leg locks, not just defend it, but to counter and then to put up great top position offense and back offense. Like, that's new folds to his game. Again, the ceiling is so high for him. Excited to see who else they put him with at 185, as I assume he's going to stay at 185. Because I mean, hopefully, he and Craig meet at some point. Cause... Yeah, that's a match I want to see. I mean, after this, that is absolutely. A match I want to see because I think that match is closer than it might be closer than I thought. Yeah, yeah. Because I would again, I think when the previous, I do think I do think Craig is bigger than Tackett, but still, I think Craig is comfortably two five. But with how this match goes, and with the game planning of Andre and like the tape, both teams having each other, like very very interested in that match, especially. If Tackett can pass and get on top with Jones, which I don't know if he can do, but he's going to try. And a lot of guys aren't willing to try that versus Jones for good reason, but super amped to see that now. Way more amped than I was, you know, a week ago when he previewed it. I agree. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Very good match. Watch, go back. Definitely watch that. I I came out of this being excited to see all of the above. So. Mm Um, next matchup, uh, we got Nikki Ryan defeating PJ Barch via split decision. Close match. Close match. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say on this. There's a lot of pressure passing from PJ. I was anticipating, I think I, one of the things I'd said was like anticipating more explosive, um, leaping passes from PJ, Mm -hmm. try to initiate some more scrambles. Didn't see that quite as much. Um, he's kind of tentative for a, for a good portion of the match and there was only a couple times that i thought nikki really got on the offensive he had a couple really good kind of arm crush attempts over to turn him over he had a couple of good areas where he sort of wrestled barch up to a single i leg. will say yeah we did see uh some some wrestling up from nikki we saw some good leg uh lock attempts from both uh nikki cut down to 175 so he's getting was it 175 it was it was a catch right i thought it was 170 it was a catch right wasn't it yeah and it's so... the first time he's had the cut in a while and it was to funny say, these cutting to, cutting 175. to 175 i'm he's like a big he's a big big dude now so um so yeah i that's that's about all i had to say on yeah that it was it now. was there was a lot less action than i had hoped i didn't come away having really learned much from either guy unfortunately which is a little frustrating for me because you know i would learn more again split decision means it was a close match um there's I think it, there's a reasonable argument for either guy to get that. Didn't have a problem with it. 
going to Nikki Ryan. I wouldn't have had a problem with it going to PJ Barch. It was a very close match with not a whole lot of positional change throughout. Again, I was was happy and pleased to see Nikki Ryan wrestling up. That's something that he talked about wanting to do more and, you know, wanting to implement more wrestling. PJ Barch is, an, is known to be a good wrestler, so it's good to see him able to, you know, get a guy like Barch down, not able to keep him down, but wrestle up and take him down was, you know, was a new fold. Again, we haven't seen a lot from Nikki Ryan in the last year, and like, even the commentary said that. We've only seen him fight uh, Tony Ramos, which was a 30-second heel hook in the last, like, year or so. Good to see him on the stage again, um, but just didn't learn a whole lot from the match about either guy. Yep. Uh, next up, we have Grace Gundrum defeating Alex Wynn via arm lock. This is fucking crazy. This match was super exciting. Uh, Grace looked good. Also, in the post-fit interview, this is the most I've ever heard Grace speak. Yeah. I, and it surprises me every time. Like, I have ne- like, I've never heard Grace speak more than like a couple sentences. I agree. the 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 back and forth on this match was outstanding. Lots of uh, positional exchanges, sweeping. Um, there was know, a double attacks. underpass that Grace hits. That I was so I watched this again today before we recorded the show. Grace is in like a double double underpass, and I was like, "Look, women's strawweight, like that is not a pass that you're gonna hit because they're gonna roll through. They're too flexible." And she's high up on the thighs on it. She's not even like under the hips. She lifts up, and then she does magic. And goes from double under to an entry into the truck. Yeah, for a rolling back take And attempt. then rolls into the back take attempt. And I went, I, I we watched it twice and went, I'm, I'm not going to be able to take a note here that's good enough to explain what I'm seeing on the show. Other than that is a thing that happened. And it surprised me because I was like, she's not going to get the back take. What's she gonna, she's I've, not going to get the I'm not, under what she's going to do. I've only seen this before because it was a crazy YouTube move where I was like, Okay, yeah, I'm not gonna like double unders into like a fucking like truck a roll. Truck. And Grace does it in the middle of a like you know a highly competitive match. Um, and Dude, Wynn was tough. Again, yeah. Alex Wynn is not not someone we've seen a ton. I've not someone we've had a chance to cover. Definitely on my radar here in this match. Super tough. I loved this match. Uh, again, Grace looked phenomenal through the match. Very clearly took the match. Finishes with a sub. What I love about this match is we saw a diversity from Grace's game and Alex's we game. We truly did, yeah. Like, we saw Grace hit an electric chair sweep, which I can't remember the last time I've seen an electric chair sweep hit. I think it was a female fight-to-win title fight like six or eight months ago. Might have been a year and a half ago. Um, but it was a beautiful electric chair sweep from the lockdown. We saw Grace hit the double under to the truck. We saw her finish like with great leg weave passing and back take entries off of that like overall yeah, it she just finished showcased from the basically from the back like she went grace went from the back to uh triangle from the back mm-hmm. to arm bar awesome Dude, before surgery rachel was working this move a ton on me and so it was cool to watch like it hit at a high level women's match when it's like oh cool the last six months of rachel like fucking me up with this move probably has some merit in her division so i'm happy that she's been working it um it was great to see alex tries to defend she uh, has grace in the half guard and so when she's sort of in this um triangle from the back and grace is able to step her leg out and then get to the triangle and then start to fight the arm um she finishes with the arm because she didn't sit up into the choke but even then the choke looked super tight in position um overall just a great like there's so much that happened in this match and it was really nice to see the diversity of game from Grace because typically we've seen a lot of her working on the bottom. It was cool to see her sweeps in action, her defense in action from the bottom as well. And then 
be able to put offense up from the top and then inevitably finish from the top. Um, it showcased a lot of Grace's game that we haven't seen in years. Um, I mean, again, I've been watching Grace since she was like 13, so the last five years. She's 18 now. Um, it was stuff that I haven't seen her pull out since she was like 15. So in the last three or four years, so it was cool to see her use the electric chair again and like yeah, go I thought to it was going to be like locks, So this was very different. Um, so yeah, another another way for me to be delightfully surprised. Yeah. And wrong, for me, so. this is already a top ten match of the year. Personally, it was it was extremely entertaining and exciting, and it showcased like a diversity of jujitsu game that we just don't see frequently at the high levels. Yep. So um, I agree. And the next match is my. Rewind recommends the rematch. Cade Rotolo defeating Ethan Crellinson via Darce. This match was fucking amazing. This match was crazy because if you, know, if you don't remember the first match, the first match was a very controversial win for Cade that a lot of people online, and I think even me, watching the match was like, yeah, I thought that should have been for Ethan, but you know, yep, I'm, you know, it, decisions happen. It is what it is. Uh, this was an entirely different match from the first match. And the first match was what? Only like six months ago eight months ago like wasn't that long ago and this is an entirely different game from Cade that we had not seen before yeah um Cade with some savage uh stepping passes um you know the leg pin passes um it's amazing because they're they're clearly working a sequence here so mm-hmm. uh the first the first moment where I was like Oh shit! This is gonna be this is this is fire. Was Cade uh, with the leg pin pass? Ethan sits up, goes to seated guard, and um, you know goes to like a shin a shin to shin. Yep, but half butterfly like guard basically. Yeah, and you can tell that Ethan had been drilling this. It's, as, it's a cornerstone of Ethan's game. He pulls you in. Right. He slides to Dante Leone. Does it like it's a it's a some it's something that all of the guys that are lower weight guys that'll pull into this butterfly kind of guard position it's, will go into leg It's boxes. great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we see Taza so, do it. Like, it's a common move. But, like, in particular, like, I think he was drilling this in the in the response to the leg pin pass because it's great because someone pins your leg. Cool. Just sit up and grab that leg, right? Yep. So he does that. Cade snaps his head down into the first of many Darce attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ethan has to try to create some space so he he gives up his underhook and he starts to try to like push away and Cade jumps into like basically onto the back and into an arm bar and it is a motherfucking deep arm bar dude I was this watching is like this, uh, this is one of those arm bars where you're like cringing oh will you make the face yeah yeah, yeah. i made I, I was watching it live on my big ass tv and i made the face I was like oh, is it gonna break like i don't know if it's gonna break and it was yeah and you because you see the veins of ethan's arm and you see the bicep at full flexion and i went like oh is this gonna be super nasty because like those guys are gangster and occasionally you watch an arm break in hd and um it was deep ethan turns the out. angle yeah. tough I mean, yeah toughs it out turns the angle turns his shoulder up is able to get his hips up and walk into it and eventually like get out of the arm bar. Yeah. Super impressive defense from Ethan. Like, toughness and defense. To have the wherewithal that deep in an arm bar to continue to fight out and change the angle and the little adjustments of how he bent the wrists on the outside to counter ties or sorry, to counter Cade's angle he was putting in order to get his hips back up to turn into him and walk his body towards him again to stack up. And then you know Ethan has some great moments in this match too. Um, it's it it does have 
elements of great back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys are going ham. They are they. This is a frenetic energy, like yeah. That like f- at no point we did. were like ninety seconds in, and the commentary staff called it out. They're like, "Yeah, we're a minute and a half into this match, and this is already." crazy back and forth in action throughout like throughout the match and this is one of the few matches that i was very happy had 15 minutes to work because guys were both pushing the pace the um, whole way the whole way through until you know until the finish like to the point where this is again one of those matches where it's like i don't have i can't walk you through all of the positional exchanges in the match because there were that many 15 it was 15 minutes it was not 15 minutes it was what was the when was the i I can't remember i want to say it was like maybe nine minutes or something something like that but like there was a long series of back and forth great work from both competitors until the finish until the finish and basically again um this is one of many but um ethan basically does another seated guard into kind of like a a single leg grip Mm -hmm. and Cade just like drops and sinks the arm in i mean he he lets his body weight completely almost like go into a free fall he's he's diving down he, he to cut the angle dips his hips yeah like that was one thing i caught both brothers doing a ton is they both were beating their opponents with their hip positioning and yeah. either getting their hips above their opponent or getting their hips in front of their opponent first and it was super interesting because it's something that you see at the high level like people will fight with the hips and both brothers were consistently beating their opponents with hip position where it's like they have all this extra time to work because they're ahead on hip positioning. And th- this was where I, where I saw it most for Cade was in this sequence. He drops, the hips are in front. He's crushing Ethan down with the hips while he's going for the neck. Yeah. Um, and then does the the Atos like gator roll basically where they end up in the back. And at that point you are just, you're totally fucked. Mm-hmm. You're, you're you're just so effing boned. And um, Ethan fought it for a while, but he eventually had to tap because it is it dude, is a he tur- deep, it's, it's, it's a deep anaconda choke. It's deep. And Ethan is able to get all the way up and actually put Cade uh, on his back. Well, see, but the Atos guys, they that's how they. I and I say this because um, I learned the sequence um, from Rick, yeah. who's AOJ. Um, actually, Rick just got his uh, second um stripe Did this he? weekend. Yeah, and uh, Lee got his first. And Lee's competing at uh, Nogi Pants. Yeah, yep. I think I think in the adult division. So actually. yeah, they they definitely they train to get. So the the thing about getting onto your back is someone like Cade. I'm sure can do a lot of control from there. For someone like me who has short arms, being on your back allows you to get way deeper than if you're belly down you can get you can interesting you can readjust if you have short arms for the anaconda choke or the dars choke the dars yeah and because like until rick had taught me this stuff i had never been able to hit a fucking dars yeah i'm not a dars guy either i'm, I'm, a, I'm a straight guillotine guy uh, we'll, we'll go through the sequence sometime yeah. uh, when you're feeling up for it but i love it yeah post two three weeks post back surgery not right now the but, autos yeah. and aoj guys like it doesn't matter in fact if anything they're going to darse you from everywhere. They're going to be able to finish from everywhere, but there's specifically a finishing sequence from when from you're the, facing on your up. back. Yeah. But yeah, Ethan turns the angle and is never able to like get enough distance or pressure to break the grips or to fight the grips out to finish. And Cade submits him with an anaconda from the ends up on his back. 
crazy sequence um, doesn't leave it to the judges, doesn't, you know, f- uh, for a controversial first match ends in a definitive second match yeah. um, where Cade takes it. So, um, yeah, like huge development from Cade. Like this was, this was, I think, some of the best we've seen from Crowlinston and some of the, and definitely the best version of Cade that we have ever seen. Uh, we're seeing the two brothers, you know, shift weight classes where it's like Ty is definitely at least a weight class heavier. Cade is definitely comfortable, you know, at 170 here, or, you know, even lower. I think Ethan is as low as, I think it was a lightweight match actually for some reason. Um, you know, Cade looks good. We've, we've, there's so much more to his game now and they keep developing and his ability to defend the leg locks and have great passing sequences. Like the sky's the limit for both brothers. Uh, I cannot wait to see how they continue to develop. Uh, I think Brown's still technically, even though we're lying. Yeah, that is, come on. Well, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm curious for the gi. I'm curious now to see them in the gi because, like, they've continued to improve in no gi. Um, I know they do still have kind of gi aspirations. I'm sure they do. Atos does it all, you know. I know. That's why I'm, that's why I'm so. curious. Like, I haven't seen them in a bit. They're still brown, but, like, I want to Yeah, see I'm them. curious to see how they stack up. So, I am, yeah. too, because, like, I am too. it blew onto the scene yeah. two years ago. It was blue belts, and now, you know, so many of the best guys in the world, DDS squad. Yeah. So, crazy match. Um would you say this is a rerun recommends? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. I think there's is. probably going to be two matches here uh, that are on the top ten list for the year yeah. for the team. So, what else we got, Emil? Um, next up, we have Andrew Wilsey defeating David Garmo via a rear naked choke. Um, Dude, this Wilsey, was great, man. Dude, Wilsey looks good. Wil- Wilsey like, looks he really good. Continues to look better and better. Beating, I think he beat Barch uh, last. Who's number one? And then now with a submission win over David Garmo at 185, Garmo's a guy that's going to put heavy pressure on you, jumping passes, and Wilsey kind of like deals with it, stays composed throughout the entirety of the match. Wilsey just slams a butterfly sweep and hits some gorgeous float passing. I love float passing so much. It is visually like when someone does it well it is just one of the coolest fucking things because it looks like they're just ahead of you yeah you watch you're like oh man there's this guy in the bottom like is not gonna be able to stop you because like it's it's constantly them trying to keep you away and you just being a half step quarter step full step ahead and eventually you just kind of fall into the past and you're like well there it is it looks so smooth and then um you know uh Basically, Wilsey gets to mount, starts doing kind of like a, a gift wrap attack, really nice, tight, high tech mount, mm-hmm. um, tight back take, gets the rear naked choke eventually. Um, just really dominant performance. Yeah, very, very good. I'm uh, very curious to see. I think this is probably going to move him up in the rankings pretty significantly. I think so, um, yeah. And I'm very curious to see. Dude, 185 is really stacking up to be a very interesting division recently 185 i mean as far back as 80 i think 185 was the most interesting 80 it's 88 right uh yeah it's 88 88 kilograms like the approximately like the guys that fight at 185 are 88 kilogram guys adcc i remember at adcc i was like 88 kilogram was the one where i had the hardest time like deciding who was gonna take it and you were like i looked at the numbers it was the niz and then it was the niz yeah but it's, I mean, there are a lot of, but there are a lot of upsets that could have happened in that division. Um, and there's a lot of, again, I think even more so now. Like there are so many guys. I mean, we have Tackett, we have Wagner, we have Rotolo, we have Wiltsey. Um, there are so many guys in that mix at 85 that are just Wagner. I said Wagner. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Wagner's up at 85 now, but like there's so many guys in that division now, and then you have like 
Craig and you have um, Niz, like Nikki Ryan, Nikki Ryan, almost. Yeah, pro- probably honestly for, mm, yeah, they probably can't make seventy seven for this next ACC. I don't see why he would need. Oh wait, he and Craig are probably not gonna. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Um, who knows? Fun. It's fun to speculate, but eighty five has gotten. It's gotten stacked. It's gotten crazy recently. So. Yeah. Great match to see from Wiltsy. Um, very curious to see who they'll match him up with. He's part of the Daisy Fresh crew, so they're getting a big push from Flo. Probably going to be on the next one. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, curious to see who he will be matched up against. Next up, we have Jesse Crane defeating Lawrence Sears via rear naked choke. This is Jesse just hits some crushing half guard passing to mount. This is over the course of many minutes, but mm-hmm. it's like, you know, this is that sequence. It's like half crushing half guard pass to mount arm triangle, back take, rear right. naked choke. We saw that like three times this weekend. It was like, that is uh, fundamental jiu-jitsu, which I think, yep. which is why I really enjoyed this Who's Number One event. It was just, it showcased good jiu-jitsu. Of the matches we had, of the eight matches, we had two that were a little slower. Next match, we have Hassam Rita versus Stone Climber. Um, definitely a slower match. Hassam hit some great foot sweeps throughout the match that really seal it, and he was on the initiative the majority of the match. Um, that wins him the decision. But other than those two matches, the, the headliner and the, you know, the Hassan Rita and Sloan Harmon match, the rest of the matches were crazy, like, matchups and action-packed sequences. Um, and I think all of those will result in ranking changes aside from the prelim match with uh, Jesse Crane. It was a great event, honestly. Yep. I had I had a great time watching it. I, I will say I love that, like, the commentary was on point. Their the mats, commentary has been just dude, excellent. Howell and Chase Smith do a great job. They know, they're knowledgeable, they throw in information about the grapplers, they kind of go into story time a little bit when it is necessary, but they're right back into the but action. it's always they're context, about, you know. But that's what I mean, it's always like, there is yeah. never a point in that commentary team when I listen to them and I'm like, I gotta turn this off, or I gotta mute this. There's like, it's always providing information, maybe stuff I know, but they're presenting it, their timing is good, like, it is clear, the audio is balanced well, like, it's a great event. The mat size is big enough, it looks super professional, we're not having guys that are, like, at the edge, the resets are done well, the border lines are done well, the refereeing, I think, is done well. I like that they have, they show the audience who the judges are scoring for every five minutes for the 15-minute match, like, I think finding out at five minutes and at 10 minutes which way the judges are leaning is interesting, it doesn't really do a whole lot for me, as far as how the match is going to be judged at the end, but it is an interesting insight into where they think the match is going. I think it's also good for the competitors to know, like, hey, you're losing this match right now in the eyes of the judges. You're going to have to do more or you're winning. Um, I think the pacing is done well. Um, for, for As far as the athletes they choose and the matchups they choose, I would love to see the broadcast come down to about two and a half hours, maybe three hours. It is a very long event still, about four and a half hours end-to-end for eight matches. Um a lot of commercials, which I'm not happy about because I pay for it um, on a paid service, and a lot of like dead time between matches. Um, I would love to see it cut down. It would be an event I would you know love to have folks over at the house to watch. Just with its current format, it, is a, it, it runs a bit long. Ending at midnight for me is um, makes it difficult with the pacing. I would I would love to see it trimmed down by about an hour and a half. I think they have a great product, and I. The last four of them, or five of them, I think, have been barn burners. Great, great, great matchmaking. Mm-hmm. So. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm very curious to see how it affects the rankings. Emil, any other kind of takeaway pieces for it? No, again, um, having the full, honestly, having the full names up. Thank, thank you for doing that. Like, 
the full names and oh uh, the DDS guys are now competing as the Donna DDS. Guest yeah, line. I saw that. I saw that. I was like, hey, look at that. And so they listed it um, for the Ethan match. He was listed as Donaher. For the Nikki Ryan match, he was listed as Donaher Death Squad. I went, I went. We're really going to go with that in a broadcast now. Yeah. Right? Hey, that's cool. But it, yeah, it's it's cool. Again, I I do like that they are now like officially recognized as the DD as the Donaher Death Squad because they've yep. been that for three years now, and it's cool. More to, than that, dude. I'm sorry, but they've been like. They were Henzo Gracie's Donaher Death Squad. Now they're like. No, I mean, like it was always an informal name. Yeah, but, like, but now it's it's dude, cool. It DDS is cool to like see it. At least five years, maybe longer. Uh, EBI, first EBIs. Yeah, with like Cummings and with um Tonin. Yeah, like they were DDS then, and it was kind of like a jokey team name, and then it turned into like now they are officially competing as yep. the Donaher Death Squad, which is which is pretty dope and they have like senior members they have like junior members they have like a whole tier I mean, system yeah it's it's a neat little system it's a nice little cult yep a nice little cult and it's cool to see it kind of like officially recognized on a broadcast is like this is our team now right you know i do i do appreciate that um can't wait for the next one end of the next end of month uh, i think it's the 28th of may yep. so we have literally I'm, 25 days i'm gonna plug an emilism which is i like shorter matches fortunately a lot of these matches happen to be good um, but the 15 minute um, format doesn't necessarily enhance the, uh, the yeah. matches. I think I think six to seven minutes for plenty of matches. That is. being said, it was great matchmaking made this event. Yeah, so. they you know Michael Sears does a great job consistently with the matchmaking here, and um, I think it's only getting better. So that's you know, I'm, whatever they're doing, I want to see them keep doing it. Uh, I have no other piece on who's number one. If you haven't watched it, all the matches are up individually parted out on Flow. Uh, I recommend going back and watching all of them. There's stuff to take away uh, from all of them from a matchmaking perspective, from a ranking perspective, from a technique perspective. Uh, let's move into the recap for Subversive. Uh, let me pull up my results here from thank you, BJJ Heroes, for having results that are listed out super easily. Um, I really just want to talk about. Where do you want to start, Emil? Well, I'm going to start by reading the team names at least. Okay. Uh, Atos. Checkmat, Studio 84, Gracie Baja, Fight Sports, 10th Planet, Danaher Death Squad. Honestly, an American top team. Super, if you're going to have eight teams, these are super reputable teams to have. Like, I'm happy, I'm very, very happy with the quality of guy that they had on this. Yeah. That being said, and, and this was Team Autos' to lose. Well, yeah. Okay. So if, if all of these different teams um, fielded their best, BJJ players. That's what I want to get to eventually. Yeah, yeah. I know that that's not always going to line up. Everyone's got different schedules. Some people are injured, whatever. Uh, but the team that Atos fielded is what I want to see other teams field yeah. if they if they can approach it. And the problem is Atos is the best gym, jujitsu gym in the world. Yeah. Um, and you know if, if you were to take go fighter by fighter and try to match up with them there's no other team that could field it, has the, de- it has the depth that they have no. in Gianogi, just like there's no other team that has the roster that they consistently can bring to events so that being said you have the, autos yeah kainan duarte lucas the hulk barbosa rafael gettys and half rafael gettys yeah it's fucking stacked as a as a jujitsu team I don't think that there's a single team that has put forward that much talent on one team. I can't think of. I can't. Think one of, of the quintets was stupid. 
One of them was like I had Gordon and like two other guys. I was like, that's not. Yeah, but still, it was fair. still Gordon and like you know, and some guys. You know, like yeah. this is like this is two people at the top of their divisions. Arguably, three people at three the top. people at the top of their divisions. All yeah. three, all three at the top of the divisions. Right. Like Hulk, not as credentialed in Nogi for IBJJF World Nogi. As titles. you said, Hulk in this case is the very heavy quotes weak link here right that is, is like ridiculous yeah that is absurd a guy that in any division that he's in is in the top one or two forecast to win right like is on team Atos, is, is gonna headline it, any super fight right. uh card yeah. that that's staggering that is yeah. a staggering amount of talent and once we saw that we were like oh all right yeah um this is tough for everyone else <laughs> yeah that's a team to beat to put it uh, lightly. Yeah. So what we can do is we can read through the um, the uh, results and talk about like a couple of uh, matches. Yeah, I think along just, the way. just going through a p- little couple pieces here and there. It's just it's just so much to cover. It's just I don't think it's going to be entertaining to go through yep. all of it, and it will take an hour and a half. And I just don't think it's there's merit to do it. So what do you want to start, man? Um, we can, be, can just we can be just, the name guy this week. What's up? You want to be the name guy this week? Yeah. Uh, so. Um, We'll start uh, at the bottom, I guess, or what? And, and go up? Let's go start at the bottom go up. Okay. So starting off, we had uh, Team Atos taking on the team. So if you're not familiar with Subversive, what it is is a three-person team. You have your above one. I think it's heavyweight, and then your, your heavier guy and your lighter guy. Um, and then you have a woman at heavyweight as well, or a heavier woman. Um, and it's the best two out of three. For the first round, everyone has to fight. And then for the second round and for the finals match, it's the best two out of three, essentially. So if you win your first two matches, you don't have to go to the third match. And it rotates for who you need to have, essentially. So, again, you've got to beat two of the Atos members to win. And nobody's able to do that because it's Atos. Atos. So Atos versus America Top Team. Kynan Duarte defeats Chris Dempsey via inside heel hook. Chris Dempsey honestly looked good for a good portion of this match. He was on the defensive for the entirety of the match, and then kind of towards the end of the match, he just got uh, he got an outside Senkaku, and then eventually got to the inside heel hook. Actually, it kind of hits two heel hooks in this in this tournament, and I was kind of wasn't surprised about it, but we've seen him go for the leg locks more. We've also seen him, I think, submitted by Cyborg at BJJ Bet with heel hooks, so it's something he's obviously obviously drilling and implementing in his competition game. And I'm cur- I'm kind of curious to see how that continues to develop. Yep. Uh, then. Rafael Aguetis defeats Juliana Fortuna via Anaconda. Uh, Hulk defeats Mauricio Gomez via decision, so Atos sweeps mm-hmm. and advances. Next up, Fight Sports versus Gracie Baja. We have Kendall Rusing defeating Maggie, Maggie Grindati via split decision. Jay-Z Calvacande defeating Saul Villara uh, via inside heel hook. Closer than I was going to get me. I was uh, not going to jump in. And Joao Costa Arruyo defeating Lucas Norat via decision. So Fight Sports advances via two to one. Next. And this is where I like the, the subversive format. You're like you're on the edge of the seat to the last match because it's like, oh, it's two to one. Who's going to take it? And yep. you know the la- that third match really matters. Next up, uh, Checkmat versus Dana her Death Squad. Oliver Taza defeating Gabriel Almeida via decision. Elder Cruz defeating Daniel. Manasu via decision, Nathalie Hibero defeating Katie Hooven via knee bar. So, for example, imagine if DDS, you know, fielded their best players, right? Yeah, you got like Gordon Ryan, you got Craig Gar- Jones, and you got or, yeah, Gordon and, Ryan, Gary Tonin, you know, yeah, pick, type yeah shit. pick your pick your two. Who who their one be? 
Is there a woman? Is there a, is there a top level woman on DDS? Are we I mean, missing there's, someone? Um, Gordon's girlfriend. Yeah, she's purple belt, blue belt. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I, I'm, again, I'm missing someone, but that's primarily no, a male not surprised. Yeah. dominated team. Yeah, um, I'm not surprised. I would be curious to see. I know they field as females before. I'm just curious who they would field. Interesting. I don't. I don't know that they have anyone. So, um, uh, clearly, a place for the team to improve. Uh, next up, so Checkmat uh, advances two to one. Next up, we have Tenth Planet versus Studio Eighty Four. Renee Souza defeating Steve Joaquim via outside heel hook. Bree Robertson defeating Amanda Levy via decision, and John Combs defeating J.M. Holland via. Uh, I think it was an arm triangle from the top in like about two and a half minutes. So looked really good, looked really dominant, got to the top, and then just was head fighting, and then switched over to the side really quickly and finishes a really nice arm triangle uh, in like about two and a half minutes. So Tenth Planet advances. Next on the semifinals, we have Atos versus Fight Sports. Rafaela Geddes defeats Maggie Green Dotty via armbar. Dude, this was crazy. She traps both arms. It was that double armbar, and then she switches to the far side armbar when Grindati goes to stack and like slam out. She's unable to slam Gettys out, and Gettys is able to turn up, finish the arm, and in a really crazy like finishing sequence. It's just rare to see that. I'm trying to describe how it is. It was the wrong side armbar switch off of, off of the stack and slam. Really cool to see that. Um, again, Grindati looked good. Grindati has had a tough run recently i think these women have met before i thought getty's got it done via i forgot what the last result was but i think it was a submission as well might have been a really good choke um but again i always love these two i always love seeing these two matched up because they're again maggie's one of the top women at fight sports and getty's one of the top women at auto so it's it's interesting and then kainan duarte defeats joao arullo via inside heel hook again looking great again kainan looking like kainan uh i want his very very white rash guard with the pink on it it looks looks super dope the colors really pop on it um so yeah don't take one of the heel hooks yeah. and they don't have to go to the third match hulk doesn't have to compete for this because autos is up two to zero and they advance on de- defeating team fight sports next match we have Checkmat versus team 10th planet nathalie hibero defeating brie robertson via split decision elder cruz defeating renee souza via decision so Checkmat advances again imagine if 10th planet fielded their best players so pj barch yep. and like who else Probably Geo or Geo um, or even Keith. Keith, yeah. There's a yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of guys that teams could field there. Yeah, absolutely. Grace. Uh, oh wait, we're missing. Um, who's that big ass motherfucker? Oh god, why am I blanking on his that name? Planet? Yeah, the guy that um Gordon keeps like was trash talking for a while. That does not narrow the list down at all. Oh god, he was on uh, Quintet. He was really good. Um, fuck, big lanky guy, really like SpongeBob. Boogie. Shaped. No. Tenth Planet? Fuck, why am I blanking on his name? He won um did he win EBI? Uh or he won he won um he he beat fucking A. Why? This is gonna drive me absolutely. It's now driving me nuts because now I'm now I'm super curious. We're both gonna be like, duh. A big lanky tenth planet guy. Yes. That won something big. Yeah. Uh he upset um fuck tenth planet. Via sub? No, via uh, overtime. Remember, he beat like some. I can't remember if it was Hulk that he beat. Um, in, yeah, I think it was Kyle Hulk. Bame. Kyle Bame. Thank you, Jesus. 
Fucking Amil, Christ. Emil opens the computer and I then it's like, and then Maine just through his believe. head. I, I, we had to go through the most circuitous, like, uh, he beat he was, Hulk uh, in, e, in the EBI overtime. I can remember <laughs> that he like, beat Hulk in the EBI overtime, but way, I can't remember that was his BJ, fucking that was BJ name. Fanatics, uh, Jesus. GP, Black Belt GP. It was Kyle Bain's second victory. What is wrong with our brains, man? I love how that's that's the direction we go to get the Not the guy that fought Gordon Ryan on Mushrooms, yeah. not like the guy that was in Kasai that was in the heavyweight that was 10th planet like not the guy <laughs> I've interviewed twice like none of that the guy that beat Kyle Hulk fucking Bame. via overtime Kyle Bame yeah. Kyle Bame PJ Kyle Bame in a bit I'd love to see him again PJ Barch and like fucking Grace Grace Gundrum Jesus Christ who would that has some good female heavyweights yeah I, I can't think of who I would love to see if, who I'm thinking of you it see would, what I'm saying? Like these teams, you know. Yeah. W- we will get there again. Not, not again. It's gonna be a fucking. I want to caveat this. I'm not trashing it at all. The the grapplers on the teams. No, that no, were no, fielded, no, 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 no. Yeah. But some of these teams have great depth to them at the top levels of the black belt divisions. Right. And those 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 grapplers were absent. Very very happy with all the grapplers that we saw. Mm-hmm. Just some of these teams have gr- have deep yeah. It depth just it, it sucks when you have uh, you know Atos being like what's when, up when you field your ADCC <laughs> champion and then other teams have other champion other champions that are not present. It's just you know it just makes you want to see the everybody the other team. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I want. I just want to caveat just to like, make sure just that, like with fight sports, right? Like yeah, you, know. you have sucking cyborg. Yeah. Like bro, cyborg and Maggie on the same team. That's a crazy story. Right. That is, yeah. Fuck, right? that would be you know really what I'm saying? Cool. How good that would be? You Damn. put Dorino, Cyborg, and Maggie Grandotti on a squad together. Like That would be how sick. How marketable is that as a story? Like, you got Cyborg, you have his fiance, One day, wife. Man, one day we're going to see these fucking teams go at it, Mortal Kombat style, and it's going to be fucking sick. Uh, anyway, sorry. On this is really third, ridiculous. We kind of put in a tangent there. So third Monday, place. It's Monday Night Mail. Uh, Fight Sports versus 10th Planet. Jay-Z, Calvacante defeating Renee Souza via decision. Brie Robertson could not compete due to injury. Yeah, she stepped on the she stepped off the stage wrong and then rolled her and it hurt her ankle. Again, it's a third place match, so essentially Team Fight Sports only has to win one of them because you have someone out with an injury. And again, I understand that you know if Brie Robertson, it's a it's not the finals match. You're why you why would you risk a further injury for a third place consolation? It sucks. I understand it, but you know, hope that she heals up well. I think they said she was moving around okay, but just wasn't you know able to compete due to that. That sucks. I hate seeing people injured. Best of which, best of luck on her recovery. Team Fight Sports takes the third place. Uh, Atos versus Checkmat. Hulk defeating Gabriel Ameda via decision, which is interesting because did Gabriel fight before this finals match? Yeah, yeah, he fought okay. um like twice, I think. Okay. Uh. As I say that, I can't find the match. Yeah, he fought Taza. He beat okay. Taza oh, in like yeah, yeah. a really, really stand-up, pushy kind of match that was um, was a bit slower. And I was a, kind of a, a bit surprised we didn't see more from both guys. But right. Ameda is a guy that we kind of very frequently he has that outside approach, and he's sort of gonna going to he's going to slow you down, and that's sort of what we see here. Um, but yep. Bosa gets it done just with activity, I think, yep. activity and grit, and just looking for more, looking for more, being, you know, really pushing a bigger pace, and he gets a decision as a result of that. And Rafael Aguetti's defeating Natalie Hibero via decision. Hmm. That could be, like, you know, a fucking headline match anywhere, oh, yeah. you know, those yeah. two. So um, I want to say they fought each other before, too. But I'm it, pretty sure I think they have, yeah. has another win over Hibero, so we don't get to see Kynan um, versus the final person on checkmat, but Team Atos takes the subversive five title. Uh, again, or sorry, retains. That's the second time Team Atos has yeah. won subversive. I have a um, feeling they're going to 
keep doing Look, dude, it. Until... If you keep fielding like Kynan, I can't Rafael, Hulk, like yeah. I can't get over that. That's that is such a baller team. Let's oh bring in a God. gun to a knife fight. It's a little unfair. Yeah. So again, I, props to Team Atos, props to those guys. I love to see love to see them compete. I love to see that their biggest guys are jumping into tournaments like this because there's a huge amount of risk in having to take these multiple fights in the tournament and like the format, you know, it's a decision format. Like I just love to see that Atos is fielding these sort of, you know, honestly, these guys, Atos likes to put it on the line, man, which is cool. And I appreciate that. Like they've, they've competed in a bunch of subversives when it was the five man subversive. We've seen Atos. Like, again, I, I appreciate that, you know, that again, all the teams fielded, fielded good teams of people, but Atos just came with like, with one being one, being the best team in the world, you know, puts it out there with so. our best people yeah so let's talk about the final match so we had um there were also a bunch of super fights on this but i want to talk about one of the super fights which was elizabeth yeah. clay defeating andressa sintra via Nibar in the gi i think it's only the second maybe the third match we've ever got a chance to cover elizabeth clay and in the gi as a black belt i'm sorry as as a grappler but as a black belt i know i think this is only the third match that she's t- second match she's taken maybe third match she's taken in the gi she is currently the champion and um a huge portion of this match was in the in the, I thought it was gonna be one of those ankle lock matches where you sit in the ankle lock the entire match and you hold. And I was I was going, oh, don't do this to me. Like you're both way better than this. You're both world level talent. I yeah. want to see you open up. Very early on, I think it was in the first two or three minutes. They ended up in a minute. In, yeah, I think the first minute. A they double in a double ankle, ankle lock oh. shootout, which in the gi at this level. You're just not going to see if anyone's going to finish it. You'll see Clay finish it, but Sintra has such a good grip, and Sintra was kind of on the offensive, really high with the elbow grip for a large portion of it. Then Elizabeth Clay is able to change the position, get out the back, and she goes belly down with the knee bar, and she starts going and pulling and pulling and pulling, and and Andressa is never able to get her hips out enough to start taking the back. It's a long sequence. I mean, Couple, it's a it's a minute and a half, two minutes, probably two minutes. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's long. of Clay just very slowly like getting the grip and angling up, angling up, and it's you can tell it's her it's her wheelhouse, man. She's just making hay. Like it is just I mean, gradually. This is getting positioned. And this is the position that Clay was frustrated in as a purple belt that she couldn't use because it was a knee bar sweep. This is something Clay has been doing for years, and that shows here. Like, she's able to control the hip line and the knee line for the entirety of that sequence and eventually finishes what starts as a belly down knee bar that she rolls out to the side and finishes like top side at 45 degrees from the hip. Beautiful knee bar finish. Um, Elizabeth Clay has the best leg locks in the women's divisions. Yep. Hands down. Hands down. And that's, again, in the gi, in no gi, she doesn't just need the heel hooks. Again, Elizabeth Clay kind of has some problem with people referring to her as only a, you know, leg locker. But when you finish this frequently and this with this much competence in that area, like, it's not a, I don't think that's a knock on you at all. Mm-mm. You know, definitely the best female heavyweight leg locker, probably the best female leg locker right now. Hands down, great control, even in the gi, you know, not being able to have the reap, not being able to thread inside with the legs to control. Beautiful knee bar, great sequence, and um, Andressa Sintra is absolutely world-class, world medalist. Cool to see. Uh, Elizabeth Clay retains her, I think, it's oh, not welterweight. I'm, I'm blanking on the title here. It's not listed on the BJ Heroes results. Retains her, I th- might it be welterweight. 
title for Fight to Win. The cool, they should give you the cool subversive belt, which I thought was blinged out and looked dope as shit. Um, overall, really great finish, and it's cool to see Clay competing in the gi and in no gi as a black belt. Um, we I love when people jump back and forth. It's it's neat, you know, to show that you can compete and contend in both. Yeah. How about fucking Pat Downey? I forgot about that's on this result too. Yeah, dude. Pat Downey made his subversive and fight to win debut versus uh, Rashid Perez. If you're not sure who Pat Downey is, you're not sure who Pat Downey is. He is a USA World Team Wrestling member, uh, Baltimore guy, and that's where we're, we're based. So we're a little more familiar with Pat Downey than most. Um, he has competed against Gordon Ryan. He's competed against Nicky Rod in like wrestling, and he's sort of talked about making a transition over to submission grappling. Right. And this was the first foray that we've seen him in. Since his match with Gordon Ryan at BJ Day Fanatics, that yep. was kind of just a weird, yeah, a weird match. Honestly, this is this is the first level that match that was more evenly matched up versus Rashid Perez in a in a regular kind of like submission format. Yeah, yeah, in a regular super fight match, sort of. Um, and no, no uh, bizarre rules. And Pat looked fucking great, dude. Pat was like, "Oh, Nikki Rod uses the body lock. I guess that's what I'm gonna do now." Yeah, holds the body lock, and then it's at one point in the match you've seen you've seen the highlight going around the internet around yeah. Instagram. Pat Downey lifts up Perez. Then turns him through. Perez is on his feet, and then turns him through for what would be a five-point throw in Greco, and then slams him down. And there's a text thread that Seth Daniels posted that was basically Pat Downey learning he could slam in the rule set. He's like, "Oh hell yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even Mo Jassim chimed in and was like, "I will have to check to see if." He would get clean takedown points for that in ADCC rules. Did they stand up long enough from that position to essentially count that as a takedown? And, like, had Rashid been on his foot... I was about to say... He was on his foot for only two seconds. Had he been on the foot for an extra second, that would have think, counted. Because he cause basically Pat Downey stood too, him up. He just lifted him up. He just I don't even think he had his up. feet on the fucking mat. I don't not think Rashid good, did. Not for a good portion of it. But Downey comes, he just rotates through... Um, Actually, mid-air does, like, a kick to get, like, the angle. Fucking bonkers. You have a world team wrestling member that's all of a sudden interested in jiu-jitsu. Give me that. Give, I me, think, more, give me more Pat Downey in jiu-jitsu because... Yo, he's yeah, going to be throwing fools on their heads. His submission game isn't great, but his wrestling... Doesn't fucking can, matter, dude. It's dropping people on their heads. That's, and here's the thing. That's my point. Here's the thing. Rashid, I'm sure, thought... Okay, I'm not going to stand with this guy. Why would That's, you stand with Pat Downey? Why would Doesn't matter. He was in half guard. Pat lifted him up. Just you just lifted him up from half guard to slam to pass the guard. And I was like, that is some that is some wrestling ingenuity. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I can <laughs> slam you. It's like I don't know how to get out of this half guard, but I do know I can probably lift you up from here, from the ground, from my from one leg. And then slam you out of this position and get Actually, the position I want. Uh, Pat did get um, a near pass, like. Yeah, yeah. On his own, and and um, you know, uh, Rashid was able to regard. So that's, I mean, Pat Pat's passing is definitely pretty solid. What's up, Bandit? Um, but yeah, that is one way to get the pass. Yeah, Pat Downey looked good uh, again. Super impressed with that. Uh, Want to see well, again after this? Very curious to see if Pat Downey continues to. I want to see more. Yeah, to do more jitsu. You, you want to run through these while I handle the dog? Uh, sure. So we have Kevin Mahecha defeating Dylan White via armbar. Rick Samiglia defeating Forrest Miano via decision. Jim Allers defeating Matteo Armel via outside heel hook. 
Lucas Arruyo defeating Gian Moramarco via decision. Felipe Amarmonte defeating Kay Berman via decision. Adam Ferreira defeating Sean Joseph via flying armbar. Rodrigo Francioni defeating Matt Ferraalio via decision. Uh, v. Schlosser defeating J. Barron via cross choke from Mount Williams. Guy defeating Rafael Deus uh, via split decision. Yeah, And that does it for uh, Subversive 5. Again, great event. Team Atos uh, coming out with the Haymaker. Overall, a lot of fun. Again, I love, I love watching Subversive Lives. It creates a whole storyline when you watch it. Um, and all in all, a ton of fun. So... That does it for this week. Uh, we have, again, Fight to Win has canceled a couple of events. So there's so not, we don't have anything to preview next week? No, we have. So there's two events next week. Uh, Submission on the Shore um, has a pay-per-view. And then... Pans? Pans is two weeks. Okay. We can run through the matches. I mean, some of those... We'll save that for next week. we'll save it for next week. Yeah. Um, Subver- uh, Subversive. Uh, Finishers is having a heavyweight, or sorry, an openweight absolute that may be streamed. I'm still getting more information on that. Uh, may cover that next week. May just do an extended preview of Pans. Not quite sure yet. Um, did not anticipate sort of the tragedy that would happen with Fight to Win, and so had anticipated previewing Fight to Win this week. Um, but we're unable to do that. There's, so. I mean, Pans already looks absolutely Dude, stacked. Nogi Pans sold out in four days. Like yeah. registration, four days closure for registrations. Like yeah. that's bonkers. Just, just some of the names. We got Paula Meow. We got Hoff, Raf, We have. I always do the Rafael. <laughs> Rafael Lovato Jr. In Masters One. In Masters One, but still like first time with he- IBJJF in the heel hooks. Okay, let's talk adult champion. PJ Barch is in it. PJ Barch, Johnny is in Grippo. It. Juni Acasio. Yep. Um, who else? Like, Ev, dude, it is, it is absolutely stacked. And I am Lee Rosenfield is in for the uh, for the rooster yeah, weight. Yeah. Let's see. We have a twenty. Josh Cisneros, Kennedy Maciel. Light featherweight is going to be absolutely bonkers. There's a twenty-five person division. Marvin Costello is in there. Mm-hmm. Like who? Like it's just Frank Rosenthal is in there. Um, yep. Thirty-six people. In men's lightweight. Yeah, that's going to be bonkers too, man. Jesus. Like, with PJ Barch in there with... Uh, Jordan Holy. Diego Bispo's in here. Um, Herbert Burns is in here. Jordan Holy's in here. Michael Lira Jr.'s in here. Yep. Like... Yeah. It's just Marcio Andre's in here. Like, so we, we're going we're gonna, to... I'm going to pull out some of these names for next week, and we'll do an extended preview um, for Pans next week. Uh, probably force whoever is co-hosting to make some picks with me. Uh, out of like pick out of a hat, which is always fun, and everyone hates doing it. Um, but overall, looking forward to Nogi Pans. It should be, it should be wild. I am very, I am. It'll be the first time that we are covering an IBJJF event with heel hooks. We've talked about it, but it'll be the first time we'll actually cover matches and event and like it in the rule set. We have a lot of guys here that can upset with heel hooks that previously I would not, wouldn't say I wouldn't give a chance to, but. We're less adept for the IBJJF rules at the black belt level. Ooh, Hinato Canuto. Yes. Yes. David Garmo. Is it? I'm, I'm, I'm keeps doing middleweight now. Uh, I just keep kind of scrolling through. Uh, we have Oliver Taza at middleweight and the kid Gralarza at middleweight. Like, it, it's 20, 27 people at medium heavyweight. Um, like, again, stacked, big bracket. Jamie Canuto uh, from World Champion. Andrew Wiltsey is in there at, at 85 as well. Uh, Vadir Arujo, baby monster from Fight Sports, yep. is in there. Uh, again, it's going to be 
an absolutely bonkers tournament. Um, Hunter Colvin is at uh, men's heavyweight. Again, adept, leg lock, break your leg kind of guy, as well as Matt Layton's in heavyweight, super heavyweight. Uh, Andrew Kelly's in there. Hassam Rita's in there. Diego Fajeda's in there. Devontae Johnson's in there. And then ultra heavyweight, a division of eight. Um, yeah. O- overall, it's going to be crazy. We have Tex Johnson in, in ultra heavyweight. So uh, that's all I got, Emil. You know, anything else? Women's, women's vintage also look really good, too. What? Oh, Hugo Marquez. Victor Hugo is also in ultra heavyweight. From Six Blades. Yeah, dude. I missed that. Uh, we have, oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, Light Featherweight for Females has Jessica Khan, Patty Fontes, and Misa Bastos in it, Jeez. as well as two other women, um, also from Checkmat and Fight Sports. So, Something to look forward to. Yeah, we'll very, be more, very excited more for extensive. previewing it next week. Yep. Um, what do you got going on this week, Emil? Anything fun? Nah, man. Just chilling. Can't complain. That's good. How uh, you, how you doing? How's your back? It's, it's, it's healing up. It's been... I, I'm, I'm on a lot of anti-inflammatories, which are actually fixing the pain a little bit. So I'm casually optimistic. I think we're what was surgery. Surgery was on the 14th. So we're what? 17 days, 20 days or so post-surgery. The pain is starting to do. The, the swelling is coming down. I'm excited. Uh, my, my 30th birthday is in two days. Hell yeah, dude. Not doing anything for it. Uh, I realized it was May, like yesterday. Yep. I got Pokemon Snap on the 30th. I've oh, played, shit. I have played almost 20 hours of it in, amazing. in three days. Wait, what do you have it on? Switch. All right, I need to get this game. Dude, it's... I'm just saying, if you like the first Pokemon Snap, uh, I've put... I'm not a big gamer anymore. Put 20 hours into it in two and a half days of meal. <laughs> Till 2 a.m. almost every night I'm catching the Pokemans. So on board. Um, so that's been great. I've also been flying my drone around. That's been great. So yeah, surgery has been pretty great. Now, now then finally, there's less pain. We're dealing with the pain a little bit. I have an MRI tomorrow to just check to some of the swelling to make sure that it's not an issue because there's a little bit more swelling than we kind of anticipated. And I was in much more pain than we sort of anticipated post-surgery. But with ibuprofen, I'm being able to deal with the pain, which is... Uh, you know, unprecedented for me for a couple of years now. So very, very casually optimistic that like we're on the right path. Going to finish up the Gordon Ryan um, on Joe Rogan, you know, every time I'm driving for the next like couple of days. And then uh, other than that, uh, next week, I think the yeah, so next week I will be on the TAD belligerent, which is my buddy's podcast, um, which is three guys that I kind of I've known for years and years. Started like a a variety show, kind of sportsy podcast, and I'm going to come on and talk uh, UFC 262, which is coming up, uh, which has some. Who's headlining that? Uh, that's the lightweight title fight with Michael Chandler and um, hmm. uh, Charles Oliveira. Fuck yeah! Also, Nate Diaz is on it versus Leon Edwards. And um, somebody so they're, they're a really great friend. On it. So if you if you want to hear me talk MMA um, to guys that peripherally understand MMA, I also want to talk about some variances and like how boxing is pursing is done versus MMA pursing and the UFC is done. Like they have a bunch of questions for me because they know I'm like the MMA guy of that circle. Um, so I'll, I'll preview that card there and then talk more in depth at MMA. If you want to hear like a much less structured version of Maine on a podcast. Um, when I'm not on back med drugs, like just like a regular, it's, it's a much more free form show than we run. If you want to hear me talk about that, um, that'll be on probably the show that will come out on May like 12th or something like that for their podcast. So I'll, p- I'll plug that next week as well. Um, but it's me talking about MMA. And if you know, you want to hear me speak more, you can find me there. Um, 
yeah, that's all I got. Got a big old week of my birthday that I've got absolutely nothing planned for. Uh, probably write some stuff and, you know, just generally enjoy my time. Fuck yeah, dude. So, anything? Hit it. That's it. All right. So, as always on the show, I'm your host, Maine, the co-host. I'm Yale. And we are the Grappling Room. To see you on the math number that is, stay safe. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Plus. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.